0: Tonight, we are now going to go into week two of our eight-week series, and we're going to talk about a life of prayer. So our overall theme from last week and this week is a relationship with God and two big building blocks of a relationship with God is one your personal Bible study not just what you do on Sundays not just what you you know you you hear from other people but you're you're digging into the scriptures and and then tonight we're going to talk about the other aspect which is prayer we're going to talk about a life of prayer you know when you look at a relationship with God there's two big major parts of it right when it comes to building faith and those two big parts are belief and trust. All right, so when you look at, a, at your relationship with God, there's two big parts of it, and they are belief and trust. Now, you may be thinking, well, wait a minute, aren't they the same thing? Well, no. Would anybody, anybody feeling bold tonight, and you'd like to stand up and explain to the whole group here what you think, all right, go ahead, Patrick, what you think the difference is? Right. The difference between belief and trust. And I'll buzz you if it's wrong. <laughs> All right. So don't whatever happens. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, me, right? Yep. We can hear you. Bingo. Yes. Did you hear that? Ding, 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 ding. Nice job, man. Yes. You win a prize. You, you win eternal life. You're welcome. There you go. Yes. Yes. Belief is a is a uh, uh, an acceptance of something that is, you know, that something as true. And then trust is is putting your faith or being a w- willing to to put your life or your your faith in into this thing, and when this comes, when it comes to God, those are two big keys. I mean, belief in God means accepting His existence. That's what it means. It means accepting His characteristics, right? It's accepting and and uh, believing, accepting that He is able that he is capable, that he is real, that he is all-powerful, that he's all-knowing, that he's everlasting, that he's eternal, that he's always been, that he'll always be, that there's nothing that he can't do. That's what belief is. Understanding and accepting his existence and all of the characteristics that he has Along with that. When I remember being a younger man in the faith, I remember wrestling with this. I remember wrestling. Well, is there even a God? I mean, is he out there? I mean, and I'd grown up going to church, but that doesn't mean that you automatically believe. Right? I mean, you gotta wrestle with this at some point. At one point I got in my mind, I thought, you know what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna go and I'm gonna read a book about every single religion out there. And I'm gonna try to understand if God you know, if he really, really exists. And I don't know what happened with that. I never did do that. Um, it seemed like a good idea, and maybe just the idea was enough for me at the time. But but this is a legitimate thing that people wrestle with. Is God real? I mean, does he exist? I mean, if you could, you know, puncture this physical world and pull it back, would you see God? Would you see him? It Would he be real in the spiritual realm so that's what belief is and then trust is another thing trust is not a question of can he trust is a question of will he right that's the difference between belief and trust belief says he is capable but trust says will he though trust is really challenged when we ask god for something and he says no that's when trust is really, really refined and really challenged. Or when we ask God for something, and, and sometimes even worse, he says, wait. <laughs> sometimes that's harder than no. Sometimes as much as we don't want no, no is a little easier than wait. You know, not now, but later. You know, I, we don't, you know, I don't know about you, but I don't like to wait. We stopped at Popeye's Chicken on the way home from church. <laughs> Last Sunday, right? And I got in line, I walked in, there's like seven people in line. And we just stood there and we waited. And we waited. Now, it it felt like an eternity. It turned out it was only like maybe eight minutes, 10 minutes or something like that. But that's still, that's an eternity for Popeye's chicken. In fact, I walked out, right? We left. We were like, all right, I guess it's the Lord's will that I don't eat fried chicken today. But my, my point is, is that it's hard to wait, and that's what happens when, when we wait, that, when we're called to wait by God. That, that challenges our willingness to trust. I think one of the, the difficult things about the creation of the Internet, right? And if you're old enough, you don't have to be that old, honestly, to remember the days without Internet. It's not that long ago that we didn't have the ability to email or text. You remember? I mean, you don't have to be that old to remember that. But one of the and I and, and and don't get me wrong, I I love the internet. I love technology. I I love what it offers and what there. I I have I I I I I think we should use it more and more and more in church and in in you know in our lives. But the one thing that the downside of the internet is, it's really taken away our skill, our ability to learn to to be patient. I mean, we're so used to. Uh, Having a question and getting an answer now Now I want what how late is that store open to well? I will find out give me three seconds And I will tell you right, you know There used to be a day when when somebody asked a question we just didn't know and that's just the way it was I don't know okay, and then we moved on But that's that's one of the things that we in, in our society today have become uncomfortable with is waiting waiting. God, we ask God for something, and he makes us wait. Listen, both belief and trust are required by God. Both of them. Listen to this verse, all right? Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. Hebrews 11, verse 6, it says, And without faith it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to God must believe that he exists, and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Now, if you look closely at that verse, let me read that again to you. Without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. If you look at that closely, there are two parts to faith. There's two parts. One is believing that he exists, which we just talked about, but also Trusting, and it doesn't use the word trust, but you've got to believe that he rewards those who earnestly seek him, which is trust. You've got to have faith that God will take care of you, which is the very essence of what trust is. And so we've got to have both belief and trust. All right, let me read you a couple examples here. Uh, Mark chapter 9. All right, we're going to play a little game here. We're going to see... If you can figure out what this person is struggling with, faith, I mean, belief or trust. I'm going to read to you Mark chapter 9, beginning in verse 20, all right? And if you know the answer, raise your hand and we'll call on you and see if you can tell me what is the issue here. What is this person struggling with? Is it with belief in God or is it with trust in God? Again, Mark 9, beginning in verse 20. It says, So they brought him. When the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, How long has he been like this? From childhood, he asked. It has often thrown him into the fire to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If you can, said Jesus. Anything is possible for him who believes. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. All right, which one is he struggling with? Yes. Are you sure? Try, try, try one more time. Yes, believe. You got it right. He says it actually. He goes, Help me with my unbelief. What is he questioning here? What is this man questioning? Is he questioning Jesus' willingness? Yes, he's questioning Jesus' power. And he says to him, he says, if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. So, he's not really questioning Jesus' willingness. He's questioning whether he has the power, if you can do anything. And he's questioning him so blatantly that Jesus seems a little offended. Right? Doesn't he? I mean, it doesn't say how he says it, but I, I, every time I read this, I can't help but hear Jesus going, If I can? You know, like, you know, Jesus looking at me, you know, are you talking to me? Or is there someone behind me that you're talking to? If I can, of course I can. Anything is possible for him who believes. And this guy is really humble after that. He says, I do believe, but help me in my unbelief, right? You ever feel that way before? I do believe, but I don't believe. I do, but help me because I know I really don't, right? I mean, that's an honest answer. And so that guy was struggling with his lack of belief. All right, let's look at another one here. And again, raise your hand if you think you know the answer. This is in Matthew chapter 8, Matthew chapter 8. Which one is this guy struggling? Matthew chapter 8, verses 1 through 3. When he came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said. Be clean. Immediately, he was cured of his leprosy. What was that guy struggling with? Anybody want to know? Yes. Trust. Trusts are you sure you had a question mark at the end trust Trust. yes oh yes very good trust yeah because you see this man says to jesus with his leprosy he says if you are willing you can do it so his question wasn't whether it could be done he knew it could be done he was just wondering if jesus would do it that's trust that's a man wrestling with trust that's, a, that's what trust is. I know you can, God, but will you? I know you could snap your fingers and take away all my problems. I know you could snap your fingers and remove all my debt. I know you can snap your fingers and provide me with magical air conditioning in my apartment. I know you could do. I know you can. Will you? That's a person wrestling with trust. And of course, Jesus' response was awesome. Jesus says, "Yeah, I will. I will." And he cured the man. And so here are two examples. One person struggling with their belief and one person struggling with their trust. All right, I got one more for you. This one's a tough one. Ready? All right, turn over to Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26. Here's another one. What's this guy struggling with? Matthew chapter 26, beginning in verse 39. Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and he prayed, my father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet not as as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Could you men not keep watching with me for one hour? He asked Peter, watch and pray, so you'll not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. He went away a second time, and he prayed, My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. When he came back again, he found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy, so he left them and went away once more and prayed, the third time saying the same thing. Here we see Jesus wrestling. What is he wrestling with? Trust. Yes, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Okay, why do you think that? She said belief. Why do you think that? Because he trusted himself to God and what he would do, whether it was a yes or a no. It was the willing, not willingness, but the possibility of it happening. Okay, so he, you think he's wrestling with God, whether God. Can do it? Can change it? <laughs> you're like, well. All right. Wait, did you say something? Go ahead. I already called on you back there. You're 1-0, you're dude. I would just sit it out. You're good, man. You nailed it before. And Joseph, you too, man. Yes, did you want to say? What would you say? I said trust. Trust. I felt that he knew that God could do it. He just, you know, uh, kept asking him. And so I, I think he believed that God could do it. Okay, all right. She's thinking trust. Yes, what do you think? Okay. You don't think he struggled with either? No, because I believe that God, Jesus knew it. He trusted that God could do it. He trusted, like, he knew that God could do what he wanted to. But I think it was more of him surrendering himself to God. Okay. Whereas him having a lack of trust or belief in God. Okay. All right. Yeah. No, that, that's a good point. All right. We'll come back to that in a second. Yes. All right. Joseph, go ahead. I, I didn't mean to cut you off, man. Come on. Tell us. What, what's your thought back there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other Giuseppe, the one next to you. Okay. okay. No, go ahead. You, yes. Is there another Giuseppe in here? All right. Yes. Yeah. Is there another Giuseppe anywhere? I don't think so. I think you're it, man. In the world. Go ahead. Okay. All right. That's good. Yes. Patrick, go ahead. Uh, I think he's struggling both. Okay. Which uh, one I said that is because it uh, says if it is possible, maybe it's not being taken from him. But if it is possible, meaning it could be, I don't know. I'm not okay. really sure. Okay. right
1: good all
0: right all right we'll take one more all right yes yes ma'am yeah, I don't think with any of okay all right why is that, he knew that God could do it. okay Uh, yeah, I'm available, right? Yeah, yeah. If there's a plan B, I am totally open, Lord. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Well, all right. We'll t- all right. You got something really awesome. We'll, we'll let you, yeah, we'll let you come back because you were the first one. Yes, go ahead. You redeem yourself. <laughs> okay. All right. Listen, here's the answer. I don't have an answer. I don't know. I'm asking you. I personally lean more on what Patrick said. When I first read it, I thought, that no, that doesn't mean you're right, Patrick. That doesn't mean Patrick is doing a victory dance in the back. No, I, I just I personally think he's struggling with both. But also I can hear what you guys are saying when you say he's not struggling with both, he's just struggling to surrender. But kind of isn't that what the struggling is? Is struggling with belief and trust? But here's the thing, you know, here, here's the point that I'm trying to make. How does Jesus deal with it? In prayer. In prayer. That's the point. That's all that I'm building up to here is this. Belief. If belief is is your, if it's what you're wrestling with, okay, that's fine. That's, I mean, that's that's maybe what you're struggling with. Maybe it's trust. I lean towards trust. That tends to be what I struggle with on a regular basis. Is God, are you, are you are you still there? God, you're still going to help me out? You know, I don't, but I don't know what your struggle is, but either way, whether it's belief, whether it's trust, whether it's both, how does Jesus deal with the issue in his life? And this is a huge issue. He prays. And he's God, right? <laughs> I mean, that can kind of blow your mind for a second, but he's praying to God. And that's my point tonight. My point is we need prayer. That's how important prayer is. We need it. We need prayer. Prayer is huge prayer is the one secret to strengthening your belief and your trust it's not the only way but it is a huge one like jesus in the garden wrestling with god in prayer not just once but three times three times belief and trust listen personally prayer is my lifeline Prayer is my lifeline. It's my life jacket in this world. It's my safety net. It's my anchor. It's what I hold on to when there's nothing else to hold on to. It's where I go when I don't know where else to go. When nobody else will listen. Prayer is the first, last, and only hope in my life. Prayer is like oil in a car. You take I don't know if you know much about a car. You take the oil out, it'll drive for a few minutes, but then it'll seize up and it'll explode probably or or, or stop. That's what happens when I don't pray. I can go a little bit, but then I spiritually just seize up and I just explode. You know, prayer is a measure of our humility. The more you pray the greater your humility. The less you pray, the less humility you have in your life. I don't care how humble you tell everybody you are. The the proof is in your prayer life. I need prayer. I know you need prayer. I personally cannot function without it regularly. All the time. I need prayer. You know, whether it's belief, whether it's trust, whatever it is, or both, that you wrestle with in your faith. Prayer, prayer is the secret, you and the Lord. Um, We've given you a lot of things to think about, to pray about, uh, and hopefully that's been good for you, but uh, we're actually going to, I'm going to share eight practicals, all right, right out of the scriptures, and we'll go through these quickly as we close out our class tonight. Um, So these scriptures were handed out, right, to eight different people, Who has um, Luke chapter 18, verse 1? Who has that? All right. Can you stand where you are? Yeah, just read it out loud. Excellent. That's Luke 18, 1. Jesus told them a parable so that they would do what? And what? Always pray and never give up. Practical number one, we should pray persistently. In fact, if you want, you can read the rest of that passage after uh, verse 1. And Jesus tells a story about a woman going before an unjust judge and begging for things. And even the unjust judge, who was mean and didn't like people anyway, said, All right, all right, I'll give it to you because you're bugging me. And the point Jesus is making is this. Bug God. Bug Him. Because Jesus goes on after that parable and says... When the Son of Man returns, will he find faith on this earth? And so, what Jesus is doing is he's equating your bugging of God and prayer with what? Faith. faith. Faith is demonstrated by persistent prayer, asking God over and over and over and over. Not my words. That's what Jesus said. That's what he told us to do. We should always pray. And never give up. We should pray persistently. All right. Who has John 17? Read verse... Okay. I wrote 5, 9, and 20. Did you see that? Yes. Okay. So verse 5, verse 9, and verse 20. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. Um, That's verse 5. Verse 9. I pray for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, for they are yours. Good. And then in the verse 20. My prayer is not for them alone. I, all, I pray also for those who will believe me through their message. Excellent. Very good. Thank you. So Jesus in John 17 is praying. It's one of his multiple recorded prayers. So you can go through and read the whole chapter and listen to the heart of Jesus praying to God. But in verse 5, who is he praying for? Uh, no. Himself. himself. Verse 9 who is he praying for us. No not 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 us, not us his his followers his immediate followers yes right and then verse 20 who is he praying for us. Yes there you go if you say us enough eventually it'd be right yes he's praying it says in there not just for his immediate followers but those who will believe because of their word which is us right so the the second practical for your prayer life, you should pray persistently, but you should pray methodically. Jesus had a plan in his prayer. He had sort of a little system. He first prayed for himself, then he prayed for the people close to him, and then he prayed for everybody else in the world. That's a great little pattern to follow. I At home, I have a prayer list on, on, in a little journal, in a booklet, on one page, and I have written out columns. And in one column, I pray for myself. I've modeled my prayer list after john 17 i have a lot of stuff to pray and there's a lot to pray about there's a lot of things i need to grow in so i have a list of things for me that i pray about just like jesus prayed for himself and then i have another column where i pray for people i'm close to family friends uh people sort of like around me that i know people that i love people that i'm close to and then i have another column for everybody else for the rest of the world for for situations for things it's just a great model that I've gotten from John chapter 17. It doesn't say you have to pray that way, but that's how Jesus prayed. And so, another practical of praying is to pray methodically. Have a prayer list, have some things written down that you pray about on a regular basis. Anybody have ever heard of the Acts prayer? You ever hear of what that is? Okay, what does A stand for? Yeah, it stands for a lot of stuff. Yeah, adoration, acclamation. Uh, I like to say a- a- admiration. You you take time in this pattern to to admire God. God, here's what I admire about you, and then you move on to C in Acts. What does C stand for? Confession. It only stands for one thing. That's confession. That's right. You take some time to confess. God, I am going to confess to you. Here's my sins. You say, well, God already knows. Yeah, well, okay, of course he knows, but you still need to confess it. We'll do a whole Bible study on that another time. And then T stands for what? Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving yes. You take some time to say, God, here's what I'm thankful for. Here's what I'm grateful for. And then S stands for what? Supplication. Supplication, which means what? Ask for stuff, right? So often we jump right in our prayers to the ask for stuff part, right? God, love you. How you doing? Here's my list, all right? And all right, you can do that, but you know what? Having a pattern to your prayer, having a method to your prayer, this acts prayer that somebody made up somewhere is a really great way to organize your thoughts and prayer. It's hard to do that. It's harder than you think because you'll be admiring God and then jump into something you want. You know, whoa, 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 you got to stop yourself go, nope, 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 hold on, back up. Let's stay in just admiration at the admiration time. Let's just stay in the confession time at confession. You know, and it really disciplines us to focus our prayers. So have some method to your prayer life. All right. Who has Matthew 5 or 6? Anybody? Anybody? Matthew 5. Yep. No, not 7. Just 6. Who's got 6? It's right before 7. You want to read that? All right. Yes. No, Matthew 5. Okay, you're right. I have it written wrong. Matthew 6, verse 6. Try that one. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, to your Father and your Father his who who Excellent. That was Matthew. I was wrong. That was Matthew 6, verse 6. That's what we wanted. So we should pray persistently. We should pray methodically. And this scripture teaches us we should pray secretly. Right. Secretly. Do you have prayer secrets? Wait, what is that? What do you mean? You should have stuff that's between you and the Lord. Stuff that you wrestle with. You know, things that in your soul, you're like, man, the only way this is going to happen is if I pray about it. You need to go in your closet and pray. It doesn't mean you can't share with other people and pray with other people. But man, Jesus says, go in your closet, go in, in the private spot and pray secretly. And God who sees what is done secretly will reward you openly. Man, you should have some stuff that's, that you're wrestling with in prayer, that you're asking God, that you're putting before the Lord, that, man, you know, it's, a, you know, I like to pray. I have an impossible prayer list, things I pray for that I know that if it happens, it's only God. That's it. There's no other way. There's no other way. Those are, and I don't share those with everybody. Those are things I wrestle with God between me and the Lord. God, here's some things that I want to uh, pray about secretly. Verse seven now of Matthew six. What does that say? Who has Matthew six, verse seven? That's you still, right? Who has Matthew 6, verse 7? Can you read Matthew 6, verse 7? Can you read it? Yeah. You just read 6. Read the next verse. And when you pray, do not on babbling like the pagans, think they will be heard. Okay. When you pray, do not pray like, do not keep babbling like the pagans. That's what Jesus said. Don't babble in your prayer. So when we pray, we should pray persistently, methodically, secretly, and genuinely. Don't babble in your prayer that's that's a quote from Jesus don't babble in your prayers right genuinely pray pray your heart we're not trying to be religious nobody's impressed with your holier than thou prayers and much less god he wants you to pray genuinely you want to hear a genuine prayer for me catch me when i'm hungry right before a meal that's a genuine prayer if the food's there i'm hungry this is my prayer god thank you this is awesome. In Jesus' name, amen. People are like, what? You're the minister? Yes. I'm obeying. That was a genuine prayer. I was with a brother just recently. And at lunchtime, he w- he said, I'll pray. And like 30 minutes later, I'm not going to mention Tim's name, but I mean, the brother's name. But uh, yeah, it was you. You remember. I was like, no, they. I'm kidding. It was, it was completely genuine. It was just really genuinely long. But uh I was like, my food's getting cold, bro, but I didn't want to say that, but I just say it now. I wait till in front of everybody, then I say it, bro, but no, when we pray, don't babble. You can pray long, but just make sure it's genuine. Pray genuinely. All right, Mark chapter 11, 24. Who did I give that to? Mark 11, Winston, verse 24. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Boom. Did you hear that? Pray faithfully. Pray faithfully. Whatever I tell you, whatever you ask for in wait, Read it one more time, Winston. Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Now if you if you don't, you know, if you don't catch it, the, the tense in that scripture is, is crazy. It says, pray, right? But then it says believe you've received it So it's kind of using present tense And past tense I'm not a Greek scholar right? But in the English translation He's saying pray in the present But believe it's already happened Have you ever prayed like that? That's a challenging prayer That was something you might want to do When you're in your closet with the Lord You pray like it's already done You got a problem in front of you that's unresolved Don't just say God please help me Do this Say God thank you that it's already taken care of Thank you that, it's already, that it's, already, it's already wiped away. Thank you that, yeah, and be genuine, all right? You know, you, you got to, it really takes something to dig deep in your soul and to pray faithfully in the past tense. That's tough, man. God, thank you that you already worked this out in a way that I never saw coming. Pray like it's already done. That's, that's a faithful prayer. That's, that's, if you look closely at what he says there, that's what he's saying in Mark chapter 11, 24. Now, who's got verse 25? Mark eleven twenty five. Read that, the very next verse. Yes. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him. Oh! So that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. Come on, can you read that one more time? Can you read that again? Yeah, can you stand and read that one? And when you what? And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him, So that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. Boom. Is there any question about that one? We should pray persistently, methodically, secretly, genuinely, faithfully, and we should pray forgivingly. Forgivingly, Jesus says, when you stand, if you have anything against someone, forgive them when you pray. Forgive them. Now, you may be thinking, well, I'll get around that. I'll sit when I pray. All right? I won't be standing. No, that's not the point. The point is we forgive. So what? So we can be forgiven by the Father. Wow, man. That's pretty intense. That's what Jesus says. So when you pray, for, pray forgivingly. You got something against somebody? Somebody, I mean, you know, you may be totally right, but it's okay. It's still, it's never okay not to forgive somebody. They may be totally wrong and you're totally right. You still need to forgive them. After all, Jesus hung on a cross and was completely right. More right than you and I will ever be. And he still expressed forgiveness to the people who put him on the cross. We got to pray forgivingly. Who's got Philippians 4 verse 6? Yes, all right. Go ahead. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Good. So we should pray, according to that verse, gratefully or with thanksgiving it says. We should pray gratefully. It doesn't say that we shouldn't put our requests before the Lord. We should. It says we should. But we sh- as we lay our requests before the Lord, we should do it thankfully. You know, sometimes we just get caught up in what we want. God, I want this. I want that. I want this. God, I need this. And God invites that. So you're not wrong to to ask that. But this scripture teaches us how to ask. Ask thankfully. God, thank you for what you've already done. Thank you for this. Thank you for that. And in my gratitude, I want to ask you for this. I am grateful that you've taken care of these things in my life. Please help me in this area too. It makes a huge difference. When your kid, if you're a parent, asks you out of gratitude, then out of a demanding spirit. And so the Bible here teaches us we should give gratefully. And the final one, 1 Thessalonians 5, 17. Who's got that one? Yes. Nice and loud. Pray continually. What? <laughs> Let's read that one more time. Two words. Pray continually. All the time. All the time. It, it, it's not just in the morning. It's just not at night. It's not just when you're at church. You know, it's okay if you're praying right now as I'm speaking. If I'm saying things, we're reading scriptures that have hit you in the heart, it's okay. Now, I mean, don't, you know, you know, fall, you, know I, you know, I mean, just, you know, maybe you, you close your eyes and pray. You know, you can pray all the time. You can pray when you're driving. You can pray when you're in, in, a, in a cab. You can pray when you're on a bus. You can pray when you're on the train. Pray when you're walking. You can pray all the time. I remember when I was a kid, I asked my brother, I said to my brother, I said, hey, can God hear me when I pray like this? And I kept my eyes open, and I said a prayer in my head. And uh, he's like, yeah, God can hear that, even though he couldn't hear that. And that, to me, was revolutionary. Like, God can hear you, even if you don't say it out loud, he can hear you in your heart. So you can pray in your heart, according to my brother, all right? My brother's a pretty good guy. All right, so you can... My point is you can pray, and we're commanded to pray continually. Prayer is not just a thing you do. It's a life you live. Pray persistently. Pray methodically. Pray secretly. Pray genuinely. Pray faithfully. Pray forgivingly. Pray gratefully. And, of course, pray continually. Let's close out with a prayer, and then we'll be dismissed. Thank you.